Welcome to the Bull and Bear Show with Michael McGuire of McGuire Retirement Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieve your retirement goals. And now, here to help you with your financial questions is Michael McGuire. Hello and welcome back to the Bull and Bear Show. This is your host, Michael McGuire, coming to you each and every Saturday at the same time. My companies are both McGuire Capital and McGuire Retirement Solutions. Today's show, I hope you find interesting and it's it's uh, the perfect time to talk about it. It's uh, are you ready for tax season? And so we're going to jump into the show today and talk about uh really things that affect you that can can help you in your 50s and 60s. The second category we're going to talk about is some tax strategies for the self-employed. And our final ca- uh, category is we're going to break down some really some tax breaks for everybody that, that you might want to be considering. And before we get too far into that, I want to welcome, just like I do every single week, my great co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you? Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, seriously, that's fine. I'm, I'm good. The crowd goes wild. Michael, I, I can't. Everywhere you go. A lot of fans. That's, I bring that sound effect with me everywhere I go. <laughs> so it's, I feel better. It's very about awkward myself. in restaurants. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what name is your reservation under? Uh, Tony Shore. And then I hit the button. Applause. Love it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm doing great. You know what? I mean, weather's been a little better, so I've been getting outside. And so that's good. How about you, Michael? What have you been up to? Uh, Tony, I, uh, it was hard to come back this week. I was uh, in Florida for a... Oh, yeah, Florida, man. Yep. Uh, my little girl had a... Uh, gymnastics meet in florida and that was a lot of fun we uh, uh were there with about uh i don't know there's about 30 of us uh all from oklahoma with the same our same gym and uh, with the parents and kids came to around 30 of us and i uh, had a great time weather was awesome the beach was awesome and uh anyway back here to reality now wow well, how convenient uh, that you, <laughs> it's like, I had, I had to go to Florida in February I, I mm, know, or March. I know, yeah. so hard. <laughs> that's, that's, that's tough for you. Um, I, I feel for you there. Hey, you know, you know, uh, the thing, the things we do for our kids, yes. right. You know, uh, what I did with, with this vaccine rolling out and, uh, more and more people getting it, uh, uh, in, in events like this that were not canceled, you know, this was actually a, a large meet with people coming in from all over, um, the surrounding States of Florida and, and as far as away as Oklahoma, um, and, and, you know, we saw lots of people flying. Uh, I was kind of taken back because, you know, you've been sheltered in place for so long. Um, uh, I, uh, you know, it gave me a little hope that, uh, things might turn around, uh, soon. And, and I heard somebody say that they're hoping by midsummer that we will reach that magical herd immunity. Uh, so anyway, you know, still have to mask up everywhere you go there. And, uh, just like most places in the United States, which we did. Um, uh, but in, in the social distancing thing is kind of crazy. First time I'd been to an arena, uh, since all this has happened and, you know, they didn't have six feet apart. They had 12 feet apart. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, with seats totally trash bagged off, you know, and, and this takes place in a, in a, in a, like a concert, uh, of somebody, you know, famous coming in to sing it's, sure. it's a, in an arena, a big yeah. arena. And, you know, you look around and you're like, wow, it, it's crazy to see it like that, but we were able to do it and they were able to to put it on that, that particular one, all different levels went. And so anyway, it's a good time. We, uh, extended and stayed about, uh, three more days, uh, so that we made a kind of a mini 
vacation out of it because I figured if we're already that far and and having to stay anyway, let's well, let's endure sure. let's endure the sun's the sunshine and fresh air for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, enjoy it is what you did. Well, that sounds great, Michael. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm jealous. You got a got away to the sunshine uh, this time of year, especially. That's nice. Well, and uh, how'd your daughter do? Did she have fun and do? She well? did well. She had had a good time. wasn't her best mate, and it wasn't her worst. She was kind of right down the middle, and and for her, right down the middle is pretty good. She's uh, she uh, had a good mate. Most of the girls did with our with our team we came in i believe we came in second uh for our category and uh my little girl's a level seven competitive level seven uh about to test out to be a level eight and there were three girls at her level from from oklahoma in our team and uh then we had a you know but the the meet consist of all different levels but yeah it was a lot of fun now back to reality uh the topic of today's show big taxes guess what i'm i'm in the middle of doing personally is that and, and along with <laughs> your taxes yeah along with yep. everybody else probably listening if they haven't already done it uh yeah so i thought you know thinking about what i'm going to do this week on the show tony i thought you know it'd be a good topic it's it's timely yeah well you know and there are three fears people have out there right now uh michael communism taxes health <laughs> isn't that the truth <laughs> and we talked about health care we're probably going to not touch communism <laughs> but uh taxes uh, taxes on today's show that's what we're going to deal with and you know i think it's obviously the right time of year to kick around some ideas about taxes and i'm sure some of the folks though listening michael have already filed i'd be, I'd be willing to bet most haven't so hopefully uh, i know you will be able to give them some good insights today and you know with covid-19 vaccines making their way across the country what could be a bigger sigh of relief than filing your taxes and getting the vaccine that would be great um, how do you want to get us started on this topic today? You know, I want to tackle that 50 to 60 age group. I happen to fall into that little age group right there. And I, th yeah, you and me I, both, you know, I, there's some potential tax breaks for, for people that are in their fifties and sixties. And I, I want to go over that. I was reading uh, an article and, uh, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of things that, uh, that you can take advantage of being 50 years old. And so, uh, and also, uh, hitting in that bracket there's things that, that you just don't get in your 20s and 30s and 40s so that's what i'm going to talk about the article uh mentioned that once you turn 50 and especially when you hit 65 you get a bigger standard deduction uh than you uh can potentially uh when you file your returns when you're younger than that so uh, if you're older than 50 you may be able to defer your taxes, uh, perhaps even avoid them altogether on money that you're using for your retirement and health saving plans or, or accounts. So uh, some of the advantage of, of, uh, of turning 50, and we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, is uh, how much money that you can actually put away uh, for retirement in these retirement plans. You actually get to put more than somebody younger than 50, Tony. Well, and, you know, a bigger standard deduction. I, I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah I do, too. I, you know, as long as you don't itemize, kind of, that's kind of the key, uh, what you're deducting, uh, you can utilize a larger standard deduction if you or your spouse is 65 years or older. So uh, the current standard deduction uh, for seniors is $1,650 more than the deduction for people younger than 65. So, Hey, that's a nice little break and you need to be aware of that. So if you or your spouse or both of you, uh, are 65, then realize you get a little bump up and, uh, married couples actually, uh, can bump their standard deduction, uh, by $1,300. If one spouse is at least 65 and guess what, if they both are at least 65, they can bump that up by $2,600. So that's not insignificant. And it's something, uh, that, that us, uh, older folks get to take advantage of. Well, <laughs> Hey, watch it there the older <laughs> folks thing. Us, us older folks, uh, we're not that old. Fifties and sixties. That's young. <laughs> Absolutely. You know that. In fact, uh, Michael. Yes. Guess what? 
Guess whose birthday it was? I know, yesterday. I know whose birthday it was. <laughs> Wasn't it Elvis? It was the mine. King? Oh no, no, it's you, the king. No. Yes, <laughs> not not Elvis. <laughs> you know what time it is? It's birthday time. It's your birthday, and we want you to have fun. It's your birthday. All right, that's enough. How old were you yesterday? That's enough of that. <laughs> I, I actually turned 55 yesterday. Excellent. I'll be there in October. Oh, you're going to catch up yep. to me. October, I, knew. I will be 55 <laughs> along with you. 55 years young. Wow, I didn't realize we're both the same yep. age, but or close. Close. Yeah, very, very close. close, actually, yeah. Close. Uh, I am your senior. Let's remember yes, that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> call me sir that's uh that's my dad uh i'm not sir all right so you know you also meant you mentioned something about a larger filing threshold and i'm putting that in air quotes what is that tell us more about that. sure you know um those who are 65 or older can have a gross income as much tony as fourteen thousand fifty dollars before they have to actually file a return in 2020 so that's 1650 more dollars than younger workers so uh, if you're uh, 65 years old and you make under 14,500 you can actually uh, legally not have to file but you know married couples that threshold is 27,500 if both spouses are age 65 or older and uh, it, it's 26,100 if at least one of you is 65. Uh, now, you know, saying that, uh, I think even if you're below that filing requirement, you may still want to go ahead and file a tax return because, you know, you could qualify for maybe some potential tax credits, refunds that's been withheld in your income. So, um, you know, Again, on, on things like this and our topic today, it's best to consult uh, your tax advisor, your tax, your CPA, and and uh, get their their input on what you're going to hear today. But uh, certainly you need to keep that in mind. Well, yeah, you're right. You do need to work with a CPA, Michael, but you also need to work with a financial professional, an advisor like yourself who's got the big picture, the holistic approach, who can work alongside your CPA because your CPA is probably going to be looking back at the past year, uh, but you need to look ahead, especially as you get close to retirement, to see what kind of impact uh, these taxes will have on your retirement. And I know that's what you help your clients out with and work alongside their CPAs. And, you know, as you were going over those numbers, Michael, uh, I'm not breaking any new ground by saying this, but taxes can be confusing. I mean, all the rules, requirements, so if you haven't already, I know that you really need to work closely with a financial professional like yourself because, Michael, you have a wealth of experience and insight when it comes to taxes and how they can impact your overall financial plan in your retirement. So don't take on the tax man alone, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right? No, absolutely. And it brings in mind, you know, Tony, uh, the first of last month, I did an hour uh, continuing ed credit for the uh, CPA organization here in Oklahoma. I uh, spoke with a group of CPAs that uh, for, for their continuing education got credit to, to listen to me. And, and uh, uh, some of the topics that I, I, I was talking to, uh, you know, with the CPAs, that group um, is our, our thought on where taxes are going. And uh, we feel like taxes are heading, you know, much higher in the future. So, Part of my discussion was uh, talking about Roth conversions and how powerful a Roth is compared to a traditional retirement vehicle uh, in the fact that the Roth, your money grows tax-free. And in retirement, when you start uh, pulling money out to live, you can actually get tax-free income, not tax-deferred, but tax-free. And we went into, you know, great depth on, on uh, the the pros and the cons for doing the conversions, uh, from your traditional 401k. You know, if you're listening to me and you've got traditional IRAs or traditional 401ks or 403bs, um, it'd probably be worth a call to me to talk about what kind of advantages you might have in your situation to convert those traditional, 
uh, retirement vehicles that grow tax deferred. Because Tony, the deal is on those traditional ones that most people have, what what gets them is uh, they're used to not getting a 1099. They're used to not having to pay any type of uh, taxes on that growth. But when you enter retirement, now you start turning that on to for income because you no longer have a paycheck, right? And what you find is as you pull money out of those uh, investment vehicles, that that becomes a taxable event. And what if I told you there's a way that you could meet with somebody like myself ahead of time? You know, the, the faster you get the phone call to me and get with me, the better it's going to be for you. Um, the fact that you can plan ahead so that when you're in your golden years and that retirement time and you're not getting a paycheck from from a job, but you're getting a paycheck from your lifelong savings that, that I can look you in the eye and say, you know, job well done. Six years ago, we converted over and uh, you now are pulling money out tax-free. And when the world, if it turns out the way I think it's going to turn out, which I see $30 trillion in debt, uh, as we're talking, you know, the stimulus checks are, 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 another stimulus rounds being talked about and, um, you know, huge amounts of indebtedness for the United States that ultimately somebody has to pay for. And folks, that somebody is you and me and our kids and our grandkids. Uh, uh, there's just no getting around it. Taxes in my, for my humble opinion are going higher. So use somebody like me that has knowledge about, uh, ways to take advantage of investments that give you tax-free income, uh, certainly that gives you tax-deferred income. So anyway, I'm straight off a little bit, but but you know, I, I feel like that another place that folks who are 65 or older uh, can get some relief is with that those property taxes. You know, first we should note that property tax regulations they do differ considerably depending on which state you live in and which which municipality that you're in, but in some locations, uh, people that are older uh, than a certain age who earn below a defined threshold amount of money can be able to take advantage of that property or school tax relief. So be sure that you carefully research your property and school tax districts um, that are in your community. Make sure that your CPA is up to date on that and aware of that. And you do that by just asking questions and and see that you're taking advantage of maybe uh, some potential tax breaks that you could get. So uh, I think that uh, if, if you have the opportunity to do it, it's a lot more paperwork to fill out, but it could quite well be worth it if it saves you a few bucks on your taxes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's a, that's a good one. And we've talked a lot so far in the show, Michael, about tax breaks for people who are 65 or older, but are there also some potential tax strategies out there for younger people than that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you turn 50, Tony, um, that now uncle Sam gives you the ability to put an extra thousand dollars into on top of your IRA. Uh, than you normally do. So nor a normal uh, cap for an IRA contribution is $6,000 for those folks that are under 50. But when you're 50 and older, you're able to put in $7,000. So in 2020, uh, you get a thousand dollar tax break for, Hey, turning 50 years old. Additionally, workers in their fifties, um, let's say they're, they're in the 24% tax bracket who max out their IRAs. Uh, they will have the ability, because of that uh, extra savings, to save $1,680 on their current tax bill. So that traditional IRA gives you that tax break when you put dollars in it today. Uh, to refresh you, if you put dollars into a Roth, which, again, if you're 50 and older, you could put 7000 in, you won't get the tax break up front, but you will get that tax-free growth and tax-free when you pull it out. So th- those are some things, little advantages that we get when we hit 50. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's huge. Now, 401k catch-ups also begin at 50, right? They they let you put in a little extra each year in your 401k when you hit 50. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. So, and it's quite a bit more than a, a traditional IRA. When you're in a 401k and you hit 50, you know, you could put in an additional 6,500 bucks and $6,500, 
uh, more than a younger worker is significant, and it's called a catch-up. They want uh, they built, put this provision in to allow you to start stepping up your game uh, because at 50, you're kind of looking down the road and in 60, 62, 65 retirements, you know, down the, down the future for you. Well, sure. And so 401ks, IRAs, uh, they have limits, but once you hit 50, you can put more in, take advantage of that. Uh, those are tax advantaged accounts. And uh, this has been a really great topic so far, but we should take a quick break here, Michael. Is there anything you want to add before we do? You know, I urge everybody that's listening to us to pick up the phone either during today's show or pick it up after. Um, call me at 405-760-5863. If you have not already made a contribution either to a Roth or an IRA, you might want to get to know me and we could help you do that for this year, uh, for next, for last year, for, uh, before April 15th. And, uh, we can also help you, uh, with, uh, truly creating a roadmap for your retirement down the road. And those 401ks that you currently have, we can give you advice on those as well. So again, you can reach me at 405-760-5863. All right. Sounds good. And listeners, we're going to be right back with more conversation about getting ready for tax season here on the Bull and Bear Show with our host, Michael McGuire. Retirement is more than newly discovered free time. It is also a time to reflect on how you will be remembered. Many people want to leave a legacy, whether they want to be remembered for an action, deed, or provision put in place for generations to come. Regardless of what your legacy goals are, it's important to make the proper arrangements now. Call McGuire Capital to find out how you can structure your retirement savings to help increase the value of your estate and create a legacy you want to leave. At McGuire Capital, our team can help you protect your legacy for loved ones, provide benefits for charities, and avoid excessive tax burdens. Call us at 405-760-5863 for your legacy planning needs. We will provide you a complimentary retirement income toolkit just for calling. Visit us at mcguirecap.com to learn more. That number again is 405-760-5863 or mcguirecap.com. And welcome back to the Bull and Bear Show. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. Our host, the man with the plan, is here, Michael McGuire. And Michael, during today's show, you've been talking about how we can get ourselves ready for tax season because we're in the thick of it. Looking back on last year, uh, 2020 at our tax situation and then looking ahead and specifically looking at potential tax breaks from three different categories. And you, you've talked about benefits for people in their fifties and sixties. Uh, we also want to talk about breaks for those who are self-employed and then finally tax breaks that can apply to anyone. And speaking of self-employed, that's where we're at. And I think filing taxes can really be a source of anxiety. Well, for a lot of folks, but especially self-employed people. Uh, I know we have listeners out there that are self-employed and there's something to be said uh, for the rest of us who are working for a big employer that just have that money taken out of our paycheck. That's a luxury that self-employed people don't have. So what are some of the options these folks have when it comes to tax deductions? You know, the good news, Tony, um, there's a lot of good deductions that they can that can self-employed can take advantage of, and uh, there's an article I read. Uh, I think it was uh, Investopedia, I believe. Anyway, that article was talking about different tax deduction and benefits for the self-employed, and I I think there's some good information here. So uh, here's an example: if you're self-employed, uh, you need to be taking advantage of of a deduction for your internet and for your phone bills it, it's a good place for you we if you're you're run your own business your own shop uh, you're going to use in today's world obviously the internet and you're going to have phone service you're going to use your cell phone for business or a landline for business and you need to to take advantage of that um uh, whether you uh whether or not you really claim a home let's say you have a home office or not you can deduct those type of, of things with with your with your phone bill because it needs to be used for business obviously but you can claim a portion uh 
of that of phone bill in internet costs that you use for business and, and you should do it. You should take advantage of it. You'll, you'll want to make some careful notes through the years uh, or during the year when, when you've got some reoccurring expenses that are really and truly just for your business. And I like to jot those things down on a, on a, uh, a binder that I've got. And that way it'll jog my memory uh, when I go back in uh, this time of year and start looking at deductions. So, Make sure that uh, you're you're only deducting things that you're directly directly spending for your work, obviously. But uh, do take advantage of, of those things that sometimes we overlook. You know, a cell phone bill. Yeah, well, that's true, and I think phone and internet deductions really come into play this year and this past year because so many people have been working from home due to COVID-19, right? Yep. And then, you know, that's a good point. I think uh, another one that they talked about was health insurance. You know, another significant area that self-employed people have and need to be aware of is, you know, they don't have the luxury of buying into uh, a big company, a Fortune 500 sponsored um, health plan, which is much cheaper. They, they've they got it uh, where they have to create their own little small group and and go out and, and get here in Oklahoma. A lot of people, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and, and uh, I know me personally, I'm I'm paying over sixteen hundred dollars a month for that. And uh, you need to, you know, use that deduction. So if you're covering your own health care uh, insurance premiums uh, and you don't qualify, uh, let's say with you have a spouse that works for one of those big companies. In other words, you're not on his or her plan you're actually paying for it yourself out of your own pocket, then you need to be uh, aware that you need to deduct that cost. And that's a significant cost and not just health, uh, dental, and also maybe a qualified long-term care policy that you're paying on. So put that in there. Additionally, you can deduct the premiums that you paid to cover your spouse and dependents in, in the situation that I'm in, you know, that sixteen hundred a month I'm paying includes myself and and my wife and our kids. So uh, I think uh, uh, you also keep in mind that children who were uh, twenty seven years or younger at the end of the tax year, uh, you even if you don't claim them as dependents on your taxes, you may be able to cover them because you're covering them health wise and, and take that deduction. Well, yeah, and I think that's a great point. And and clearly, if you're self-employed, working with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional, is going to be a smart move overall because you're going to need guidance not only on taxes but your overall financial strategy, and it becomes more complicated when you're self-employed. You know, one thing I am curious about uh, next is what a person can deduct when it comes to meals. And I'm thinking of the pizza buffet. (laughs) Of course you are. No, (laughs) meal deductions is a big thing. And I think that it also can be a big, um, it, it can be a lot of confusion because the rules have changed. So you can deduct meals whenever you're traveling for business, um, let's say maybe it's a business conference or maybe when you're entertaining clients, but don't forget that that meal cannot be, um, you know, overly, uh, extravagant. They're going to call that into question. Um, the article note noted that I read that, uh, there is a temporary rule change on these meal deductions. So through the year 2022, you can now deduct a hundred percent of the meals as long as they were served in a restaurant. So that's a little change because before that deduction was only 50%. So uh, you need to kind of reevaluate that. If last year you were, you were aware that you could only deduct half of it this year, you're going to be able to deduct all of it if you meet those criteria. So uh, if you keep your receipt, which is important, obviously uh, you need to, I always put on that receipt, you know, uh, what the purpose of that meeting was, the names of who were the clients that were with me. And, and, uh, just, just Tony, one of the best advices, advice that I can give, uh, having been through an audit, which is not fun uh, several years ago, uh, is copious notes. Keep, keep good records. It's very important to, uh, keep your files up to date and anything that you're going to deduct, make sure that you have proof and backup. 
Well, yeah, you're going to have to really keep good records, Michael. That's that's for sure. That's a great point. And obviously, uh, you want to keep, I like that, copious notes. <laughs> and, you know, there are some interesting rule changes uh, that it, you know, uh, that you're talking about here. And I imagine it would be a nice perk for a lot of self-employed people to be able to deduct, deduct 100% rather than 50%. Yep. Uh, that's a good thing. So what's next? You know, I think another thing that, uh, is happens with being self-employed is travel and uh, to simply put it to qualify for a tax deduction, your business travel must be longer than one ordinary work day. And so it, it, it must include a sleepover, basically a rest that takes place outside of the area of your tax home. So, uh, which is generally considered the city where your business is. So if I have a, a business in Bethany, Oklahoma, and I am needing to travel into Tulsa and see a client and spend the night, see a client the next night, then I can write that off. But if I'm uh, going to try to write off traveling within my same city, that's probably not going to work. So keep that in mind. In general, it's considered... Um, that you need to stay overnight, sleep or rest. That's outside of your your uh, your tax home, which is typically the city that your business is in. So, additionally, to qualify as a business trip, you need to have specific business purpose scheduled. You know, before you leave home. So, uh, you need to that business activity needs to be like cultivating a new client, new customers uh, that you're meeting with clients. You're learning new skills that directly benefit your business, but you need to keep in mind that, you know, handing out your business card during a friend's Vegas <laughs> uh, bachelor party does not count uh, to make your trip tax deductible. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think of that movie, the hangover in, uh, all those deductions where they destroyed that room with the, remember the, 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 oh. the tiger in there and, uh, anyway, chickens and everything else, but that probably could not be written off, uh, yeah. as a tax deduction. But, uh, Anyway, there's there's uh, there definitely is legitimate business travel that goes on for most sure. of us. Yeah, and it, and it probably goes without saying, Michael. If you travel a lot for business, again, make sure you're keeping accurate records, receipts, in case the IRS gets curious about what you're up to. You always want to hedge against that. Uh, so, what are some of the rules for a self-employed person's vehicle use? Hey, it's a good one. Uh, I think that uh you're take you're you're not taking advantage of everything you should if you own your own company and you're not riding off uh your car or your truck uh that you use for business purposes so uh, those are legitimate deductions you i keep a log of uh when it my car is used you know you can't ride off commuting to work and back so I live in uh, South Oklahoma City, and I drive to Bethany, right? So that I'm not able to write off, but I am able to write off when I'm uh, going out to see a client at their home and sit down with them. And so uh, those miles I'm able to keep track of. So again, it's 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 back to that keeping tidy records. Uh, it's going to be important that you're able to track the date in the mileage and the reason for each trip that you're deducting. So, uh, but it goes without saying, uh, th that that's an important deduction. Uh, if you're like me, I travel quite a bit. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to people listening to the audience to, to meet at their place. Uh, then they always have to be at mine. Right. Yeah. That, that's a great point. Now, uh, how does how does it how does that deduction work as far as uh, cars and mileage? You know, the easiest step uh, to calculate deductions using a standard mileage rate, and the IRS gives us that 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 rate right now, Tony, is fifty seven and a half cents per mile in twenty twenty. So uh, for every mile that you drive, you're able to write off fifty seven and a half pennies cents. So. Uh, and that was for last year for the miles yeah. you did. You can write that off on this year's taxes for last year, the taxes you're doing now. You got right? it. Exactly right. And in 21, when we're doing taxes 
for that, 22, uh, that, that mileage, uh, actually jumps up to 56 cents for the year 2021 actually down it went down oh you know it sure did thank you for correcting me on that well normally it goes up see that's yep. and that is almost <laughs> i every saw that year. in our notes i saw that it, that in our notes yeah. that it went from 57.5 down uh, i'd like to know who decided that that's like i think they did that because gas was cheaper or they thought it would be but now gas is going back up so uh, that's no that good. is very interesting. Cents. They normally do go up. Um, yeah, you are correct. So yeah, uh, that's weird. Take advantage of that for 2020. It's higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Make sure you're deducting those miles. Now, how about educational write-offs? Like you said, like you go, you went to uh, a seminar to update your education on current tax laws and and taxes. So, and tax planning for your clients. So how does that, uh, is that something you can do? So any educational expenses that you want to be able to deduct, they need to relate to maintaining your business or enhancing your skills in a way that's going to improve your business. So Uh, certainly what I did would qualify for that. The expenses for classes uh, intended to help you prepare, though, for a new career are not deductible. So uh, they are, uh, IRS is always sticky on most things. And so they want to make sure that that what you're deducting is benefiting your skill set for what you're currently doing and is also going to enhance those skills and, and help you maintain your business. But Hey, right. M- most of us need that, have to have that. And, uh, thank goodness we can deduct that. So that helps a little bit. Yeah. Well, especially with what you do, if you're a financial professional, yep. uh, the, the laws and rules and things are always changing. So you have to update your education every year. And I know you're constantly going to, uh, educational conferences and seminars and classes. So, and updating your, uh, you know, uh, your accreditations and things like that. So that's really important in a lot of different fields, yours especially. We covered the 50s and 60s, and then we just talked about self-employed uh, tax breaks. And now we're going to talk about tax breaks uh, for anybody out there. Uh, how do you want to begin this segment? Well, I read a Kiplinger article that had 20 most overlooked tax breaks in deductions, and I, I found it of interest, so let's, that's what we're going to jump into. Uh, there's interesting perspective that they had. I think the first and easy-to-miss deduction is the out-of-pocket charity contributions. And, you know, it's easy to remember, of course, those big checks that you may write to to a uh, charity that you want to contribute to or that you have contributed to, but there's a good chance that, that you've made smaller gifts throughout the year. And, uh, I think it's important. Those little gifts add up. So for example, if you, uh, made a meal or a dish, uh, for a nonprofit fundraiser, guess what? Those ingredients that you use to make that are deductible. And if you helped your kids, uh, perhaps you mailed out flyers for them for their school fundraising event, or you bought stamps to mail them, guess what? That's deductible. And those little things can add up, Tony, because throughout the year, as weeks, days, and weeks, and months go by, uh, you might be surprised at just how much uh, charitable contributions you've made. So make sure, again, we're back to that keeping records Uh you know, most of us do not keep good records. Now, hey, it's a brand new year. You, you, maybe you didn't last year as well as you should have. Uh, we're still fresh and new into this year. You know, start that habit. Uh, you know, keep those receipts. Uh, get a little file uh, that that just is dedicated to taxes, and just throw those things in there. You can organize at the end of the year, but uh, during the year, every time you make a, a contribution in there that's more than $250, you'll need uh, to have some type of also documentation for who you're giving it to. So anyway, Tony, something little, but those little things add up. Oh, yeah, uh, they really add up. And and again, I'm glad you're uh, kind of driving home the point that we really need to keep good records. Uh, you don't want uh, the IRS. You don't want that monkey on your back. <laughs> and if they happen to do examine what you're doing, you want to make sure that you have uh, everything in order, all your ducks in a row, so to speak. 
now I've got a crazy question. I sure. wanted to interject a, a personal question I have here because uh, a friend of mine told me this and I find it hard to be true or I, I can't believe it's true. But a friend of mine claims that gambling losses, uh, that some gambling losses can be written off. Is that true? Well, it's sort of true, Tony. Uh, it has some wrinkles, though. You know, the deduction is only available if you itemize, and it's limited to the actual winnings. So you can't, uh, let's say that... So you have to, what you're saying is uh, the total of gambling winnings that you report as taxable income. I think that's the catch, right? If you've been reporting over the years or that year winnings, then you can deduct some losses. Is that well, what let's saying? say that you went into a casino and you won a jackpot. And, and, yep. and I believe in Oklahoma, uh, what qualifies as that is $1,200 or more. So let's say sure. that you hit a $2,200 jackpot. Well, that's getting reported. And if you keep records and can prove to uncle Sam, uh, that, you know, Hey, uh, cause the casino is going to send that off. They're going to have a record. Uncle Sam's going to have a record that you, you won $2,200. Let's say that through the course of the year though, you lost 5,000. And so you kept records, you kept a diary. You here's when I went in, here's who I played with. Here's the machine I played. Here's my session time. And here I lost a hundred dollars during this visit to the casino. And then throughout the year, you, you, you actually lost 5,000. So at this point, uncle Sam only knows you won 2,200 because that's what the casino has sent in in a W2G. So they have sent that in. And so you cannot write off the full 5,000. Guess what? You can't, uh, uh, you can only write off up to that winning amount. So that in this case, the only sure. win winnings that you had was 2,200. You've lost 5,000. You have proof of that. And now you can write off that 2,200 of the five loss, meaning that you'll have no tax liability for federal now, the state of Oklahoma sure. has new rules, people, and <laughs> those of you that visit casinos in the state of Oklahoma, um, there's a little different twist on that as well. The state of Oklahoma is is uh, going to get uh, a percentage of that jackpot uh, unless you take session notes, and, and it, it's complicated. You talk to your CPA about it, but uh, you can't go in and, and, and lose a hundred dollars and write it off on your income taxes. It only offsets no. the winning. So great question. Right. And in reality is, uh, uh, you know, there's lots of casinos across the country and lots of casinos in Oklahoma and, uh, lots of clients go in and have fun every once in a while and go in there. And by the way, uh, those losses are also count for, uh, uh, you can deduct losses if you've incurred them through non-winning like bingo cards, like lottery tickets, wow. raffle tickets. So keep track of those things. It can offset the gains that you might make. Uh, be sure that, that uh, again, notes, uh, you know, receipts, IRS, it does encourage you to do a daily uh, diary if you're gambling uh, that details the date, the type of gaming that you did, you know, whether it was uh, – playing blackjack or on a machine, the name and location of the gambling establishment. You know, they want detailed notes. They even want you to put down the name of the people that you were gambling with and uh, tally your win and loss. So you, yeah. it, you can't just report, Tony, uh, the gain that you got because you hit a jackpot. You know, they want you to keep track of what, what let's say you don't play with one of these, what they call players card, which keeps track of your winnings and losses for you. But they want you to be honest and say, Hey, I went in the casino and I walked out up 25 bucks. Well, they want you to put that down and they want you to report that. And, uh, so anyway, that is, uh, a yeah. fact of life. Uh, it, it's, uh, so you need to know about tax deductions and how they work. There. Yeah. Yeah, so the the real catch is, you know, if you win $100, you got to report it in order to write yeah, anything off. Yeah. So uh, that's the key is, uh, are you reporting all your gambling winnings? I mean, I was curious because I found it fascinating that you could write off, that they'd let you write off any gambling winning. But uh, I'm not a gambler myself. I don't gamble, but uh, I know a lot of people do. They like to have fun with it, play cards or slots or something. 
uh, go out to Vegas once in a while. So I thought, you know, some of our listeners out there would be interested in that. And I wanted to see if my friend was pulling my leg. Yeah, so, uh, uh, cause I didn't know, you know, uh, that's, that's really interesting. So, uh, but the key there is keep those records, the gambling receipts, uh, and keep them for your financial services professional as well. Because Michael, I know you're going to have plenty of questions about, you know, your client's gambling habits and want to incorporate that into their overall financial plan. So what do you have for us next regarding tax deductions for folks out there? Well, let's talk about this happens. Jury pay. You know, it's probably one that a lot of people haven't really considered before, but many employers, Tony, uh, they continue to pay their workers while they're serving on a, a jury. And, uh, a lot of those employers have this stipulation that they give the, they want basically to get that jury pay, uh, given to the company since the company's continuing to pay you your regular salary. And the problem is that the IRS requires you yourself to report your jury pay as income. So to balance things out, you can deduct the amount of your jury pay that you give to your employer. So if you happen to be, you know, listening to me right now and, and did jury duty and got paid for it and got paid by your employer, but had to give that, that pay, uh, to your employer, realize you can deduct the fact that you gave it to them so that you're not harmed by doing that. So that's kind of a obscure thing, but Hey, uh, I guarantee you people listening to us, to us right now have been on a jury and uh, have done that. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's that's something I've never had to deal with. Um, uh, once I was supposed to, and it didn't end up happening. So, and I haven't been asked back yet. So uh, that is interesting. I didn't realize about employers. Uh, you know, if they paid you for your time during jury duty, they wanted the fee that yeah. you got for jury duty. <laughs> I, I'm like, really, really? You want <laughs> you want on. that? Give me a break. <laughs> Yeah, you want that uh, whatever it is, fifteen dollars exactly. or something. I mean, it's not very much money, but um, uh, that's interesting. So again, uh, keep records, and uh, that's not something I considered before. Uh, one thing I have considered and have experienced is uh, childcare. Uh, that a big factors one. big into deductions. That's right? a big one. You know, childcare you can claim as a tax credit rather than a deduction. And that may come with more advantages because it reduces, Tony, your overall tax bill dollar for dollar. So here's the example. Uh, if you're in the 24% tax bracket, each dollar that you have in deductions is equal to 24 cents, Tony. And so, but when you have a tax credit, each dollar of tax credit is worth an actual dollar in reducing your uh, income tax burden. So big difference. Credits are way more powerful than a deduction. So uh, you may qualify for a tax credit uh, worth between 20 to 35% of your child care expense while you work. However, if your employer, though, provides a, a child care reimbursement account in which you pay for child care with pre-tax dollars, that might be uh, an even smarter move for you because wow. mo- yeah, yeah, money that flows through those, uh, through a reimbursement account is not subject to federal income tax. And it's also shielded Tony from that 7.65% payroll tax. So ah. if you're hearing me and if your firm that you work for offers, uh, this type of childcare with pre-tax dollar, uh, it's a smart move to do that. Yeah. Well, and you know, we've, my wife and I have done that, that childcare tax credit. Anytime you get a tax credit for something, uh, that's really good. It uh, is. You know, it I mean, is. You get tax credits for things like uh, adoptions or buying an electric car or, you know, child care. Uh, tax credits are much better than uh, tax deductions. <laughs> uh, at, Right. Yes. Uh, speaking of tax credits, you, you just reminded me of something. This is off topic a little bit, not really. Uh, Oklahoma had passed something for state with a tax credit for an electrical electric vehicle, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, I had a, a client call me up, very smart, very wealthy client, uh, done well in business, big business, lots of employees. He said, Mike McGuire, are you uh, 
are you going to take advantage of this? We can buy this electric four-wheeler <laughs> and uh, called, I think it was a big boy or something they called it. And, sure. uh, and, and we can get the deduction and, and, and get the darn thing really, really cheap because it's a tax credit, not a deduction. And I got all fired up, man. I was ready to do that one. You know, it, it yeah. long story short, it did not happen. It did not come right. through. And, and this company had sold tons in Oklahoma of these electric <gasps> four wheelers oh, that no. they, everybody, you know, did not follow through and, and, and do it. And it is a mess, but, but. Well, yeah, it's only for actual cars that have to be yeah, designated, designated and not off-road and, and, and not having fun <laughs> in your pasture in the backyard or something. But right. Hey, it's not for off-road vehicles. But yeah. the point yeah, is, the, the, the point is that credit kind of drive that home. The difference between a deduction and a credit is if you have a dollar deduction and you're in the 24% tax bracket, well, that's really just helping you out 24 cents, right? So if you earned a dollar and you're, you're, you're going to get a 24, you're going to get, be able to report 24 cents less of, of what you earned. But if you got a credit and a dollar credit is a dollar off your earnings. So it, that, it's so powerful. Take advantage of that. And, and one of the easiest things is that childcare. So, uh, all right. Sorry to get off topic on that, Tony, but, uh, yep. Nope. Nope. I mean, you got to make sure you're working those uh, childcare expenses to your advantage. And that seems like another great reason to work with somebody like yourself. Yep. You know, the, the credit for dependents is another really valuable credit that I think you need to be aware of. So this is a separate $500 credit for your dependents who don't qualify for the child tax credit. So your mm. older children, Tony, who don't require daycare, uh, they can still save you some money. Uh, and it's really, it's real money when it comes to, uh, follow your taxes, you know, you can look at a $500 per child. Uh, so that is definitely something that, uh, you need to look at and also, by the way, older relatives that you're caring for in your home, you can also, uh, possibly get a tax credit for that as well. Wow. Well, that sounds great. Now, Michael, we're almost out of time for today's show. It just flew by. But before we go, one more time, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. So two ways. The best way is a phone call, 405-760-5863. I would like you to go look at my website at mcguirecap.com. That's M-C-G-U-I-R-E-C-A-P. Dot com and uh, reach out to us absolutely free to talk to me free consultation to come in and sit down walk away with a book at the very least and uh, I think that you'll walk away with much more than that I think that uh, uh, our mission in life is to help people make it to retirement and once they're in retirement to have an enjoyable one so reach out give us a call 405-760-5863 Six, three, and I want you to go out and make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Bull and Bear Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael McGuire at McGuire Retirement Solutions. Call 405-760-5863 or visit them online at mcguirecap.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by McGuire Capital Management, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oklahoma. Michael McGuire and McGuire Capital Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.